Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Faith Lutheran Church. My name is Candace Wassell. I'm the pastor here at Faith. It is such a joy to have you visit with us. You are welcome, so welcome in every part of Faith's community. You are welcome to join us in person at worship on Sundays. You're welcome to visit us online. You're welcome in our mission and our fellowship, and most important, you are welcome at the Lord's table. Grace to you and peace from God our Creator and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our focus today on this Music Sunday is the church here, and it puts me in mind of something called the last name effect. The last name effect. This is a psychological phenomenon affecting all sorts of things from your patience to your financial resources, even to your education level. Studies show that the earlier your last name is in the alphabet, the more likely you are to hold off on making impulsive purchases, the more likely you are to get into the college of your choice, and the better your career prospects are. Now, psychologists believe that this stems from childhood, where last names like Taylor or Wassell or Zelms often meant that you were seated in the back of the classroom or placed at the end of a line, or you were given your diploma or any reward last, which creates anxiety that maybe there won't be enough for you. And so that's why people with the last name Wassell are want to make terrible purchases. Maybe there won't be enough when I get up there. On top of this childhood experience, studies also show that the disadvantage continues into adulthood, where for whatever reason, we humans privilege the things that we hear or see first. So if interviews are given in alphabetical order, those with last names at the start of the alphabet are going to get to go first, which means that they will automatically be in a more favorable position than the person who comes behind them in the alphabet. Now, when I first heard about this effect, I thought, well, I'm one of the ones it doesn't apply to. I can easily overcome this effect just by knowing it happens and push back against it. But then I remembered how easily I get sheepled. Sheepled is a word I made up uh, on Saturday to uh, explain myself in this sermon. <laughs> sheepled is when you get sucked into scams without knowing it. One of the first times I realized that I was sheepled was about 15 years ago when we visited Venice. Now, if you have ever been to Venice, you know that there are little islands surrounding Venice, and each of these little islands is known for something in particular, a trade craft usually. So on Bereno, it's known for their lace work, and on Santerasmo, it's known for its artichoke farming. And Moreno is known for its glassmaking industry, which is where we went. And as soon as we got off the boat, there was a little Italian man standing there, and he says to us, us in pretty good English, this way to the glass shop. And he pointed. So we went in the direction he pointed because we were there to see glass. And within another block, another man said to us in English, keep going that way for the glass shop. So we went. 
And this went on three or four times until we ended up in front of this little glass shop. And we thought, oh, well, how lucky we got to the glass shop. And we went inside and we were dazzled by all these little glass ornaments. And so we bought several boxes worth because my last name's Wassell and heaven knows I can't pass up a purchase. And we leave to head back to the boat. And on our way back, we notice that we actually had passed by about a dozen glass shops. And those men who had directed us were standing in front of those glass shops, sheepling more people to their glass shop. But I had already spent our money. So we just got back on the boat. That's the world we're in. The cultures we navigate. The little circles we're surrounded by. They are powerful mechanisms that we can get swept up in. Whether we like to admit it or not, our lives can get managed by these forces around us. And more than that, we can even find ourselves succeeding or failing or making intuitive assumptions of our worth for reasons outside our awareness and sometimes even outside our control. And once we realize that, it can be troubling and demoralizing. Or maybe we don't realize it, but we have this sense of hopelessness and sometimes anxiety that we can't put our finger on. That's the nature of this broken world and its impact on us. But our God has been at work since the very moment this world broke giving us a different framework to follow, to value, and to synchronize our lives by. And that framework has always set us apart. Our Jewish brothers and sisters of our ancestral faith were and still are guided by a calendar, punctuated by feast days and holy days that God gave to them. Dates like Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Rosh Hashanah, and all these annual days are moored together by a weekly observance of the Sabbath, a day that is most intentional about pulling the Jewish people away from the world they must work in, they must go to school in, they must live in, and setting them apart to dwell in God's creative purposes for them just for a day. For the Jewish people, this calendar given by God provides an essential rhythm for their lives. And it tells them who they are and what God has done for them, even in its darkest hours. When Jewish survivors were liberated from Auschwitz, there was found hidden among them two handmade Hebrew calendars made in secret by women who risked everything to make sure that not one single year would go by that they did not remember all the things God had done and promised to do for them again. For the Jewish people, the calendar hinges on the major event of the Exodus, the moment in their history when God released them from the grip of Pharaoh, delivering them from slavery into freedom. And for us Christians, the church calendar is a representation of the life of Jesus set into a yearly pattern. It's a pattern with two principal centers, Christmas and Easter. 
And everything else revolves around those two. And it reminds us for just a bit that God drew close enough to us that he could be placed in our arms. And during that time, God made it known through his life, death, and resurrection of Jesus that we are somehow kept near to God for all time. And we get caught up in a different mechanism. A mechanism of Jesus' ministry, forgiveness, and love. Our church year is a rhythm that pulls us out of our anxious lives, out of this competitive, hyperactive world, and it places us into the lives of Jesus. A man whose very presence in the lives of his disciples had the power to still the chaos of a hurricane. What we do here every week, month by month, year by year, season by season, is a pattern that reminds us that no matter how the world chooses to sort us, no matter the machinations that funnel us through to their desired outcome, no matter where the world thinks we're headed, we will always know where our true path is. We will always be able to find our way home. We will always know where we are truly headed and always know who we are truly following and who we belong to. Now, what does that look like? It's my favorite question. Every year, in the midst of a very tumultuous young life that was caught up in the pattern of alcoholism, my father would still manage to find his way home to his grandparents' house at Christmas time. I've talked to you about them a little bit before, my great grandparents, Elvira and Luther Wassell. Every year, though, at Christmas in his early 20s, my dad would stop and buy one of those holiday sausage and cracker packs that came with little jellies, you know, that you could get at gas stations and mall kiosks. And despite bringing them one every single year, my great-grandmother would react with surprise and gratitude and say, oh, thank you, Kevin. We love these little jellies. They're perfect for our breakfast. And seeing how happy they were with the gift, my dad said he would just buy them another one the next year. And the next. And every year, the same response from Grandma Elvira. Oh, thank you, Kevin. So perfect for breakfast. When they passed away some years later, and the family cleaned out the house, guess what they found? A couple dozen unopened little jelly jars. Grandma Elvira didn't need those jelly jars, but I'm convinced she welcomed them for good reason. She welcomed them because she knew they gave her wayward grandson a way to navigate back home at least once a year. It gave him a pattern he could rely on. He wouldn't have to worry about what to bring. He wouldn't have to worry about getting anything fancy. He would just be able to find his way home and out of the chaos he was surrounded by for just a moment. Brothers and sisters, that is the gift of following Jesus through our church year. Jesus does not need our participation in these seasons, but I have to believe he welcomes them. He welcomes them because no matter where you are at in the world, no matter where you are at in your headspace, 
no matter how chaotic and anxiety-provoking it is in there, no matter what you're caught up in out there, you'll know exactly where you are at in time and space when you come in here. You'll know exactly where you are at in the life of Jesus, and you'll know exactly where you are headed with him. It is a pattern of life in these four walls that will lead you home, that will bring you peace and comfort and hope, and will give you the grace to offer rhythms of mercy to those who need it. Thanks be to God for Jesus. Amen. The most valuable message we have to share at Faith is the promise we have in Jesus. We come together every Sunday to share this good news in the reading of Scripture and sharing of Holy Communion. It is these two acts of worship that we learn of the forgiveness, peace, and joy that Jesus has won for us on the cross. These gifts also belong to you, and we hope you will feel welcome to receive them. After we've shared worship together, we trust that we are ready to be sent out into the world to serve our neighbor, and you're welcome to join us in that great work as well. There are so many opportunities at Faith to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. It's what we feel called to do. It's what we're passionate about. Above all, I want to encourage you in your faith. No matter where you're at in your journey with Christ, you are welcome to visit Faith as often as you are able. But whatever you do, keep searching. There is a church family set aside just for you. And I trust the Holy Spirit will place you right where you need to be.